says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably. Say immeasurably. Say exceedingly. Say abundantly. More than all we ask. Say ask. Or imagine. Say imagine. And we're going to stop right there. Now I really feel like there's two things in this verse. And, and, and as I share on them, here's, here's what I want to share with you today. God's dream for you is bigger than your dream for yourself. There's two things in that verse right there that the Apostle Paul is assuming that we're doing as Christians. And if you have a piece of paper, you got your cell phone, you got your iPad, whatever, I encourage you, just take a few notes today. Go back and refresh your memory later on. But there's two things that the Apostle Paul there is assuming that we're doing as Christians. And I want to talk about those two things for just a few moments. only going to talk for a few, few moments today. But number one is that we are imagining. He said God's greater than everything we can ask or imagine. In other words, he's assuming that we as Christians are doing some imagining. We're using our imagination. Now, when you think of people who imagine things, I'm a little creepy sometimes, you know. But who, who, who do we think of? What, what, what do we think of people who are dreaming up things and pretending to be this and that? And we think a lot of times of kids. Isn't that right? Kids have big imaginations. I mean, I imagine a lot of you guys were like me. No doubt, you know, if you could get a bed sheet tied around your neck when you were a kid, suddenly in your mind you could fly. You were a superhero. You know, I remember when back in the 90s, I guess it was when the movie, the cartoon Tarzan came out. And, um, you know, and, uh, you know, he was running around on his knuckles, you know, and he was surfing through the trees. And my son, Austin, who's now 20 years old, I can't believe it, just got engaged this week to be married. I can't believe that either. But, uh, you know, him and our neighbor, Andrew Reynolds, who is Pastor Brian's son, in their minds, they were Tarzan. I mean, seriously, for like a full year in our neighborhood, wherever they went, they were on their knuckles. Really? I'm not, I'm not kidding. When we looked outside, they're hanging upside down from the swing set. In their mind, they were on those trees. You know, Kids have a vast imagination. Um, I'm sure many of you ladies, you know, in your minds were princesses back in the day. You know, trust me. My, I have a little girl. Her name's Madison. Pastor Michael, you've got three wonderful daughters. Pastor Josh, you have two daughters, isn't that right? Girls like to put, play dress up, isn't that true? I mean, they do. They just want to put those fake nails on. And, I mean, maybe not all girls are the same, but, you know, they dream about things. Even, even I mean, to me, weird things. Like, I remember my daughter when she was really young telling my wife, Mom, when I grow up, I want to be a cooker just like you, you know? You know, she saw her mom doing that, and, and she, she just had this imagination, this dream, I want to... And, and you know what? Today, she goes in there and just creates things in the kitchen. I mean, it's Valentine's Day. The other day, she, she had her mom go, can you go buy me some white chocolate, Mom? She took it home. She melted it. She poured it into heart things. She made heart chocolates for all her friends. She put it in baggies. She took it to school and distributed them. That's just my daughter. 
we think of children as having a vast imagination. But God is saying to us today, and as Christians, hey, I gave you that imagination for a reason. It's that imagination that births ideas inside of us that cause us to move towards something. I mean, there can be lots of examples of that. One is our senior pastor. I don't even know where I am in my notes, so I might as well not walk back there that much. But Our senior pastor, Dr. Morocco. How many of you know we're one church in many locations? I pastor uh, KC Dallas, Texas. Um, hallelujah. Any Texans here? Yeehaw. All right? Yeehaw. I'm an Okie originally. Now I'm a Texan. That's... That's, that's a frightening thing. Lived in Hawaii for 21 years. I was the music director at, at the cathedral for 21 years. And then two and a half years ago, my wife and I moved to Dallas with another pastor, our Spanish pastor. Started a church in our home from scratch, from, from just zero. And praise God, there's a congregation of people there today worshiping God. And just, man, that's just glory to God. You know, I don't even know how all that happens. but Thank you, Jesus. Anyways, where was I? I'm trying to remember now where I was. Well, I know I'm on imagination, all right? I know, I know that there's where, one church in many locations. Yes, there we go. And our senior pastor is Dr. Morocco, and he tells the story of how he used to drive by this place called the Maui Skate Palace. And we were having church in this little chapel that I think is about this size. You know, this isn't a little building, but compared to the Maui Cathedral size, it's smaller. And he would drive by this place called Maui's Gate Palace, and he would ask Pastor Josh's mom, uh, Pastor Colleen, what, what does that sign say to you? She's like, duh, Maui's Gate Palace. He's like, that's not what I see. I see First Assembly of God. And, and, and he was serious. He wasn't just playing some, some game. He was serious. When he looked at that place, he's like, Man, I see First Assembly of God right there. He had his imagination moving. He he was dreaming about what God wanted to do. And you know what? It wasn't long until God started opening those doors and he started moving toward, even when there was no money, purchasing that building, which became, you know, a huge church building for a little tiny island. And pretty soon, he was already imagining about this field And that's kind of when I showed up there around 1988, driving by this big cane field. And if any of you have been there today, there's 14 acres, a a huge building there. It started with imagination. It started by dreaming. It started by letting something get inside of you. Because when we are imagining something and thinking about it and dreaming about it, it's like the birth of faith inside of us. Are you guys with me? And sometimes, you know what, folks? We're just too grown up. We don't want to play that anymore. In fact, we think it's immature. And we think that we're too mature Christians now. But the reality is probably we just got hurt too much. And things we dreamed of didn't work out. And things we imagined just didn't quite happen you know, we've talked about some things before. Yesterday we were talking, you know, you know, it didn't quite happen. You know, you, know you, you weren't who you wanted to be at 25, and then you pushed it to 30, and that didn't work out. And maybe now you're in your 40s like me. And, you know, and so sometimes we get a little afraid to 
dream. Are you all with me? We get a little afraid, but God is saying, dream. God is saying, get those wheels turning in your mind. Even as you're sitting here right now, I can see it in your eyes. Some of you, the wheels are starting to turn. Some of you are starting to say, okay, there was something I was believing God for that I sort of laid down somewhere a long time ago. There was a dream, an idea. I sketched out. I wrote it on paper. I thought it would be really cool. I thought, and, and, and I sort of, sort of let that go somewhere along the way. You know, imagination is a powerful tool. It can be used for good or it can be used for evil. And so sometimes I think as Christians we're a little afraid to imagine things because we think, oh, that's dangerous. That's the devil's playground. Well, come on. Anything can be used for bad or for good. I mean, you can have faith in, in God or you can have faith in something that's ridiculous. I mean, everything can be used for bad or good. We've got to have our imagination baptized, as C.S. Lewis would talk about. You know, I'm not talking about having some weird fantasies. I'm not talking about some sexual, weird, messed up fantasies. I'm not talking about you dreaming about some woman or some guy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God taking your ideas, taking your brain that he gave you. He didn't give you that ability for nothing. Satan didn't make that up. God built that inside of you, and his intention is that you're going to use it to think about, like this verse says, all the amazing, marvelous things he wants to do in your life. Some of you can't even imagine that. Your, your life has been so rough. It's been so tough. You've been through so many hardships. I can't get my... It's like a fight to get your brain to think the good things God wants to do for you. But here's the deal. You can stretch that imagination as far as you want. You could dream the craziest dream. God, this is what I want to do for you. In fact, God, this is what I want to believe you're going to do for me. And I'm going to cut in the middle of that statement and say, you know, sometimes we can get off in our dreaming. You ever seen those people in American Idol that think they can sing? I'm a musician. You know, somebody along the way told them they could. And that's the saddest part. That nobody really just ever broke it to them. You know? And they're arguing with whoever's on that show now. The judges, Randy or whoever. They're arguing with them. No, I'm good. Oh, you're not. And I'm, I mean... There has to be a balance, you know. I mean, if you're dreaming of being, you know, the next whoever big singer, but you can't carry a tune in a bucket, you know, you know, I think you get it, right? Maybe you need a new dream. That's what I'm trying to say. Am I off here? Am I... Trust me, I've been a music director for a long, long time. I'm, I'm, I'm a site pastor now, but I still do music. And I've had people who think in their minds they have that talent and that ability and, and bless, bless them, you know. I, I allowed them to sing. In fact, Pastor Michael used to be in my choir. 
I, I love you. For what? For one year. And Pastor Bracken, you were in my choir, weren't you? And Minister Karen, you were in my choir. Wow, I feel so old. All right. But, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, there you go. I, I don't know. If, did you hear him? He said he was the person placed furthest away from the mic in the singing Christmas tree. All right. You know, I, I would let anyone come sing that wanted to sing. And I'm not using him as an... Well, maybe I am. But no, just, I'm just messing with you. But what I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to say is I've seen a lot of that. And sometimes we need to look at the giftings God gave us. And say, what, what has God gifted me to do? What has you put in my heart to do for him? And what, what, what's in my hand? What am I good at? Instead of trying to be somebody else, because we think that's what being spiritual is. God gave you your own dream. God gave you your own talents, your own abilities. Not, you don't have to be me. You don't have to be Pastor Michael or Pastor Josh or Minister Karen or anybody else. God gifted you. To use you uniquely for Him and let your dream and your, your vision and your, 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 your imagination be putting those gifts and talents God's given you to use for Him and, and that He can use you. And so here's back to my original thought. You can stretch that as far as you want. You can think the craziest dreams you want. I mean, I have some crazy dreams. I have some crazy imaginations. All right? I like to draw. I've drawn all my life. I draw cartoons. I do. I am a writer. I write plays. You guys have done Birthday of a King. It's a show that that um, God gave me and that I wrote about 12 years ago. And and I'm writing new shows. And I've written about 9 or 10 or 11 shows over the year. Just You know, it's just glory to God. I'm just grateful. But my dream isn't just to keep doing it the way we're doing it. My dream is to see those shows performed all over the world. My dream is to see it performed all over Russia. My dream is to see it performed all over South America. My dream is to see it uh, uh, performed all over the United States. Go to Europe. Why can't it be in French? Why can't it be done in France or in Tahiti? Why can't... My, my, my imagination is that I'm going to see some of those shows made into animated feature movies. My imagination... You know, it stretches further. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm even too embarrassed just to say the things that I'd like to see come out of that. Oh, why not? You know, I, I mean, my imagination is, and you, know, you can laugh at me if you want to, man, I, I'd like to be Walt Disney. Man, I want to have my own Disney. I want the characters God gives me. I want every kid to have them. I want, I want coloring books of them. I want books for preschoolers. I want books for older kids. I, I want other, to, allow, to see other people's materials published and made into movies. And, and do I know how to do all that? No. Right now, I'm just trying to get a website up that allows my show to be available to other ministries. And I'm hoping to go to Russia next year to do it in three cities. And... You know, you got to take some steps of faith, right? But that's my imagination, and, and, it, and it seems pretty far-fetched and far-stretched. I'm sure some of you think, yeah, right. But here's the deal. What that word said right there is that my God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can imagine. 
That means my imagination is so, I think it's so huge, it stops there. His keeps going for eternity. It doesn't mean he, he, you know, he can only think a little tiny bit bigger than me because I'm just such a big thinker. No, God's dream for you is so big, your brain can't handle it. And some of you haven't believed that. Some of you think I'm just stuck. I'm just stuck. I'm headed nowhere. And it's not true. And perhaps what needs to happen isn't that God sends a bolt of lightning and changes your life. It's that He wants you to start thinking, what do you want? David said in Psalms chapter 20, chapter 21, that He would give you the desires of your heart and make... He said, he, he said, give me the desires of my heart and make my plans succeed. Isn't that what he said? And the cool thing is, my other next chapter that I love so much is 21, where he says, you gave him the desire of your heart, of his heart. One chapter, it's like when he was younger. The next chapter gives the impression, God, you actually did it. Which leads to my next point. Because... The Apostle Paul isn't just assuming that you're imagining. He's assuming that you're asking. See, David just didn't sit around saying, Man, I'd like to be a great warrior. I'd like to be a king. I'd like to do mighty things for you, God. I'd like to be rich. I'd like to build you a temple. I'd like to do all these things for you. David said, Psalms 20, he said, Like I just said, God, give me the desire of my heart. He's asking He's asking, oh my goodness, I'm so gone from my notes, I don't even know what's up here anymore. He's asking. See, when you imagine, you're expressing faith already. But when you start asking, you're taking faith to the next level. Because when you were a kid, and we were talking about being a kid, and I thought it was cool, Pastor Michael, that you said when you got older, you had to learn how to be a kid again. And today, maybe some of us just got to learn how to be a kid again in here. Amen? But when you were a kid, whether you were raised by an uncle or an aunt or, or a dad or a mom or, or, or both or whatever, if you didn't really think they were going to give you something, you probably didn't bother asking. You know, dad's got a few bucks in his pocket, but he, I'm not, he's tight. He's not going to give me, buy me that candy. I'm sure my kids have thought that. I'm absolutely sure. Oh, Jesus. I was just thinking about, I, don't, I shouldn't go here, but about my son Dylan, how he used to go around. I didn't know this until like I'm leaving Maui, how he used to go around begging for money for sodas from everybody in the whole church, you know? <laughs> As like my last Sunday on Maui, people are saying, I've bought Dylan so many Dr. Peppers. I'm like, really? You know why, right? He didn't think I was going to give him the money. And so, here's, here's the deal. If you don't think God's going to give you the money, you're not going to ask. If you don't think He loves you that much, or that He's got your back, or that He's on your side that much, you're not going to ask. And all that is, is a limited view of who God is. Because God's Word says that He loves you so much, you can't even think about how much He loves you. And so, in imagining, we also have to be able to take in the truth, the reality of God's Word, of just how big He is. 
and how much he loves us and that his dreams are bigger than ours and that his purpose and point is to see those dreams come to pass in our lives. And he loves you so much, he says, just ask. Jesus said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door. It didn't say maybe. He said, ask and you will receive. He said, ask and keep on asking. Oh, you know how you were when you were little. Mm -hmm. Keep tugging on those pants or on that purse. Mom, Dad, trust me, it doesn't change that much as time goes on. Kids, anybody have older kids? Dad, got a few bucks. I want to go somewhere and eat. Dad, and that's how God wants you to be. He just wants you to start tugging. Saying, God, I, this is what I imagine I can do for you. Here's the giftings you gave me. Here's, here's what I see you can do. I know you see it much bigger, but I'm asking you for this. Ask, and you will receive. You know, in John chapter 4, are you guys still with me here? In John chapter 4, there was a woman that Jesus talked to. It's the, the Samaritan woman, right? And um, I think this is just a powerful picture. You know, he comes up and says, would you give me a drink? And she says, what does she say to him? Huh? What does she say? She says something to the effect of something racial. You're asking me for, you know. And Jesus says these words to her. I'm not going to quote it exactly. He basically says, hey, if you knew who, was, who you were talking to right now, you'd be asking for a lot more. If you knew who I am... You wouldn't be talking to me about what you can see, this well water. You'd be talking to me about living water that would last for eternity. And somehow, sometimes that's how we are. We don't see the greatness of God. We don't see all the cool things he wants to do for us. We don't see, and, and we, we don't stretch our imagination to see it. And, and so we don't ask big. We ask for something small that, that we can see that's around us. You know, something visible, like she could see water. And so the whole conversation to her was about water and whether or not racially we should even be having this discussion or religiously. Her mind, her imagination was held by what she could see in the physical realm. And he was saying, hey, lady, man, if you just knew who I was, and he's saying to you today, if you just knew who I am, you'd be asking bigger. Amen? You know, as you go through that story, I'm sorry, I wanted to touch on this earlier. But as you go through that story, you see that she realizes that he's the Messiah, he's the Christ. And so she runs into town. And she tells everybody in town, come see this man who told me everything I ever did. Well, in the meantime, kind of meanwhile back at the ranch kind of a feel, while the camera one shot is over there on her in town, here we have, you know, Peter, you know, Peter and... James and John and the boys coming back in from town because they went into town to get they went to they went to Starbucks and they went to Subway, you know they picked up you know they got them a turkey sandwich on honey oat or something you know and and they're they're coming back in you know and they picked up Jesus a five dollar foot long you know and um they they they're coming back in and they're like you know we got our groceries Jesus here you need to eat and Jesus is just looking at them like I'm sorry just kind of like well. I don't know, I'm sure maybe it wasn't exactly like this, but the impression I have is 
Really? And they're saying, you better eat, Jesus. You better eat your foot long. It's going to go bad or whatever, you know. And Jesus is like, I got food you don't even know about. You're, you're concerned about eating this, this lunch. And, and he goes, turn around. Doesn't, doesn't food come from some kind of harvest? I mean, even at Subway, that bread came from some kind of harvest of weed or something, right? And so here's this little, you know, temporal, I'm hungry moment that the disciples are having, and they're trying to pull him into it. And he says, turn around and look. In fact, he says, open your eyes. Turn around and look. He goes, there's the harvest. This is what I'm eating today. And there's a whole town coming toward him. He was talking about the people coming out of the town, following the woman and running to him. In other words, he's saying, get your eyes off the moment. Get your eyes off the temporal. Get your eyes off the bills that are staring you in your face. Get your eyes off your failures that that haven't worked out. Get your eyes off all the doubts and, and fears that have prevented you, the bars that have just kind of been on your life. Get out of your mind, out of the temporal, and look further. Look on the horizon. This is a word for you. God has greater things than you can ask or imagine, Casey Alaska. I'm talking about the word as, of this house. God has greater things than you can even dream up. And God's doing good things. But He has greater things. And you think sometimes you're dreaming so big and He's... You know, a little chuckle. You have no idea. And here's the next line. According to his power. We didn't read that part. Because here's the deal. We've got to have his power working in us. It isn't a worldly sort of new age I'm going to dream this dream, and if I put it in front of me, I will achieve it. That's the world's version, kind of, of what we're talking about. And that, that make, you know, you can do some good things, and that could happen, you know, sometimes, you know. But I'm not talking about some weird New Age visualization thing. Because we can dream all we want, and we can even ask, but we've got to have His power at work within us to guide us and lead us and take us to that place. A perfect example is Joseph in the book of Genesis. Now, he had more than just, just a regular old dream. He, he had a, two visions. Okay? It wasn't something that he just thought, this would be nice if I did this for God. God gave him these visions, and basically it was that you know his brothers were going to bow down to him, right? And then, ooh, yeah, you too, Mom and Dad. So that didn't go over that great. You know? And so... Here's the deal. Joseph didn't just have those dreams and then forget about them. And then, well, if it happens, it happens. No. You can tell by Joseph's acts that it was in his brain. He was thinking about what God said through those dreams. In fact, he probably thought about it almost a little too much because he couldn't keep his mouth shut. 
you know, hey, mom and dad, I forgot to tell you, you're going to bow down to me. I had that dream last night, you know, and, you know, he just couldn't shut up about it. He couldn't keep his mouth shut, you know, but hey, that's better than saying whatever, God. That's better than saying, I can't believe for that, God. I don't think he ever once doubted it. And so, he goes through some rough times. And I'm sure over the next, like, 13 years, he was like, what is going on? Even, you know, touching on Pastor Michael's thing. He went through some storms. I mean, come on. Your brothers throw you in a pit. (laughs) They fake your death. They sell you into slavery. I mean, this is not the best day. You would definitely feel like, and my prophetic word was, what? God, what was that dream? Because it's the opposite right now. I'm having the opposite of the dream. You said I was going to rule, I'm in a pit. You said I was going to bow to them, I'm in a pit. I'm in slavery, now I'm in another country. Dad thinks I died. As far I don't even have a family anymore. You said they were going to bow to me. I don't, I don't exist in their world anymore. And not only this, I'm in slavery. But even in slavery, God blessed him. Even in slavery, oh Jesus. You know, because sometimes you're going to get a... Oh, I like that hanky. Sometimes you're, sometimes you're going to get a word. Sometimes you're going to get a word. And you might get a word today. And then three months from now, you're saying, huh? Or three years from now. Or 15 years from now. I'm waiting, God. But even in the midst of that waiting time, it doesn't mean God's done with you. It doesn't mean God isn't teaching you something. It doesn't mean God doesn't want to elevate you to a certain place. Are you guys with me? And so there he is. He's in prison. Life seems over. But yet he's getting elevated. Actually, he's not in prison yet. He's a slave. And then he gets accused of something. Then he ends up in prison. It's like, you know, from bad to worse. It's like what you said. What, the, the it can't get worse angel or something showed up, you know? I'm not sure I agree with that theologically, but I just... Anyways. From bad to worse. And now he's actually in prison... And just to speed this up, he's elevated even there. And then one day, the gift that God puts inside of him that actually has not been inactive this whole time because he actually gave words of knowledge, prophesied over people that were in prison and helped them. And now, you know, he hasn't. In other words, you know, you don't give up using what God's given you along the way, even when it's tough. You keep putting it into action. And then suddenly... Bam, he's standing before Pharaoh himself, the most powerful man in the world. And in one moment, he becomes the second highest ruler in that whole nation. Now, here come the brothers wanting some food. And who's standing there? And who are they bowing down to? God brought the word to pass. God did what he said. And here is what Pharaoh said. A pagan, a complete pagan. He said, shall I read it? I don't even know if I have it written right here. Here's what he said. Everybody say hallelujah. 
Can we find anyone like this man? One in whom dwells the Spirit of God. God will give you dreams. God will give you words today. God will increase. He wants you to increase your imagination. But it depends on the Spirit of God living within you, elevating you at the right times, directing you at the right times, moving you forward at the right times. Without the Spirit of God, you're in trouble. And it's according to His power that works within us. Amen? Some of you need to start dreaming bigger today. 1 Corinthians says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. God's dream for you is bigger than anything you can dream up. I'm going to ask Pastor Josh, could you help me out today? How many of you received that word today? Would you stand and just lift your hands? Come on, just lift your hands. Just begin to thank Him. Come on, just begin to thank Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, You're good. Even when we don't think You are, even when life seems to have just dealt us a bad deal, Lord God, You are still good. And I declare it to you today, God is good. He has not forsaken you. He has not forgotten you for one moment. You are the apple of His eye. And in fact, He's never failed you. Some of you think, no, He's failed me. He hasn't failed you. Are you still standing here? He hasn't failed you. Lift your hands and worship Him. Come on, lift your hands and praise Him. Jesus, we thank You. Jesus, we bless You, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you reign, that you rule, that nothing is impossible to you, Lord God. That you're the creator of all things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you are more than enough. You are more than enough. You are greater. You are higher. You are more powerful than we can even imagine, Lord. And the things you have prepared for us are beyond our imagination. So start to believe it, church. Start to grab on to it, church. Start to hold on to it, church. Because He is going to devastate some of your ideas that have been built up in your mind. Things that are not of God. Things that said, I'm worthless or whatever. Lies of the enemy. He's tearing them down right now. He has good things for you. This morning, if you say, I need to learn to dream again. I need the spark of my imagination and belief in what God wants to do for me to be reignited. I'm going to ask you to come. Come on. Come right up here and make a line. You say, I need to be reignited today. I need that dream, that, that imagination to be reignited today. Hallelujah. I pray. Come on. Just lift your hands and begin to receive it from Him. He's going to touch you today. He's going to touch you today. Just begin to receive it. Just begin to receive. Your God is not too small. Oh.
ghosts rain down on us. Holy Spirit, rain down on us. Holy Spirit, rain down on us. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, rain down. I wanna be used by you. Oh, oh, oh. 
open heart surgery on a woman. They have to get the heart to beat again after they perform the surgery and they have to start the heart back up. So they went to do that, start her heart back up and it wouldn't come back. And the surgeon after doing all the attempts of trying to restart that woman's heart, leaned over and said to the the lady, said her name, Jan, I need you to tell your heart to beat again. And her heart began to beat. Some of you need to tell your heart to beat again. To dream again. Tell your heart to beat again, to dream again, right now. Say it, just right out loud. Somebody, that's you, say it. Let your spirit come. 
fill this place. Because I can't live without you. I can't move without you. You are the strength. If you didn't get prayer, just lift your hand. We'll come pray for you. You are my everything. Because I can't live without you. Don't want to be without you. You are the life in me. You are my everything. Jesus!
Hallelujah. Powerful word. If you take a moment before we dismiss for our lunch break, if you'd begin to find yourselves a, a seat. Appreciate that. Thank you. Just find a find your seat if you would. and their ministries. This goes towards their prospective ministries. And Pastor Michael Gannon, Dallas, Texas, and Oahu. So if you want to participate in that today, it would be great. check. Just make it out to KC and we will send them on. With uh, different checks to each of them, their ministries. How many of you think it's right that we bless amen after receiving? Amen. It's a biblical thing. regions that they are, lives that they're touching and changing, that they've taken time out to come to minister here. Life. Lord, as it says in 1 Samuel, the word of the Lord was rare and there was no widespread revelation. God, but that is not the case here. We want more. In the midst of rain, we ask for rain, as it says in Zechariah. I thank you for revelation. I thank you for the rhema living word of God that is sharper than any two-edged sword. And you have loosed people's hearts in this last morning service. They will dream again. 
imaginations have been jump-started by the Holy Ghost. We want to dream your dream. We want to see your visions. And release a gift of faith, God, to walk it out. Let us not limit you. Let us not put limitations on you. You're a mighty God. You are a mighty, mighty God. Your arms are not too short. You are more than able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, beyond all that we can ask or imagine. So come and live your dream through us. In the matchless name, in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Breathe on me
just wanted to say one more word, just felt like to share. You know, if you keep reading the passage that we were reading in Ephesians, the next verse says, To Him be glory forever in the church, etc. It's really a picture that when God does it, and to see God do it, the glory goes to Him. Because really, He gave us the dream anyways. So this morning, before we go, would you just lift your hands and worship Him again? Just lift your hands and worship Him and say, To God be the glory. And to God be the glory. Lord, when you use me, I'll give you all the glory. To God be the glory. Pastor Michael, the word of the Lord to you today is this. That you are on a temporary assignment where you are. You're on a temporary assignment. You are going to be faithful and you're going to follow it through. But the nations are going to open unto you, says the Lord. You'll find yourself not just as a teacher in a school somewhere, but you will find yourself traveling even across continents and your daughters will travel with you and I'm bringing a restorative miracle upon your life. I'm touching your physical body. There's been some different things that that have been a concern. The Lord's touching your body today also. I just wanted to encourage you. There's There's a revivalist mantle upon you that is being released in that school, but it will not stay there. I'm going to set the school on fire in this next year. There's going to come a move of the Spirit just like it was in 95 prior to Rodney coming to our our church. There's going to be a move of the Spirit of God. And I'm going to use you instrumentally. Look for me. It's going to be a different wind, but it's going to be it's going to be powerful. It's going to be unique, and I'm going to touch those students. And then like a catapult, you're going to be launched out of that place when your time is done. Amen. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Praise God. All right, take someone by the hand. Let's close. We will take a one-hour break. So if you will come back, enough time for you. Take an hour lunch. We'll be back here at 1.15 and uh, more worship. And we're going to do a bunch of prophesying. Hallelujah. Amen. Pray for the person on your right, person on your left. Thank you, Jesus. Bless each and every one. We treasure, we hold this dear to our hearts. As Mary went and shared with Elizabeth. So God, we will go and share with an encourager and believe for great things. We thank you for these words, personal words and corporate words. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you back here at 115.